This thing is an economy killer every time. It pushes a questionable economy over the edge into recession and maybe worse. And it happens time and time again. Going back to 2007, there have been four or five instances of an oil price shock. And every time it leads to not inflation, not more rate hikes, not tight labor markets. In fact, the opposite, more disinflation, occasionally deflation and recession, recession, recession. We've got another oil price shock now, and we've got statistics that show the demand destruction that comes with it is coming with it again this time. Not that farce on job openings that we went through yesterday. Real statistics here that are corroborated by other statistics, as well as market positions all throughout the system. We've got oil price shocks, questionable economies, and it doesn't go well. It's demand destruction. It's an economy killer every single time. Now we can define oil price shocks in a number of different ways. Just for convenience sake, I'm gonna call them whenever we see a six month change greater than 30%. And we've seen again, a handful of these since 2007, 2008, starting with July of 2007. And in July of 2007, while we were starting to worry about the banking system, start the economy in the United States and some places around the rest of the world were starting to show signs of wear, Policymakers were, like today, more afraid of oil than they were the consequences of whatever was going on in this global monetary system out there. And as oil prices continued to rise, they kept their eyes mostly on oil, though occasionally being forced to deal with the banking crisis too. But as oil kept going up and, and up, and then after Bear Stearns, policymakers in the United States and in Europe, they were convinced that oil was going to lead to more inflation than the economy could handle. And even Europe went ahead and hiked rates in the middle of 2008 because that's how much they were worried about oil. And it's really something that's deeply embedded in the, in the common psyche too, for a lot of reasons, starting with most people don't know how inflation actually works. And it's not oil prices. Oil does not push an economy into an inflationary period. It is, as I said, an economy killer. So let's go over the oil price examples. Let's talk about what the current statistics show and they are grim and ugly. And all of that in the context, questionable economy, one that Americans have said that they already think is in recession and now we know why. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, we have a webinar coming up Friday, October 20th. It's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I hope you can see me there. Haven't quite narrowed in on a topic yet, but I think we're getting closer to one, and I'll let you know what that is as we get closer to it. Again, that's two Fridays away, October 20th. It's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. There will be a link in the description below. I promise the link will actually be there in the description below this video. Hope to see you then. So if we define our oil shocks as six months changes greater than 30%, again, you see a whole bunch of them, or at least a bunch of them show up over the last 16 years or so. And the first one right away in 2007, which... A lot of people always ask, well, where did that come from? If we were in this deflationary period where the economy was in crisis, how did oil prices skyrocket and surge through the first half of 2008? We're sort of digressing here, but still it's important to understand, it's important to, to consider that maybe Asia and, and uh, the rest of 
the emerging markets were going to decouple from the subprime mortgage business that was that was hindering the U.S. and Europe. And there was also some thought that, again, as policymakers were positive, perhaps the U.S. would escape with only a minor slowdown and Europe would escape in the same way. And that eventually, that to the rest of 2008 after Bear Stearns wouldn't be so bad as many had been anticipating. And so oil, oil kept going up on Asia decoupling, on U.S. maybe soft landing scenario, and up and up it went until July of 2008 when finally everybody realized this was a global recession, a global deflationary recession that was going to hit everywhere exceptionally hard, as it did. But that oil price shock was treated as if it was inflationary by policymakers and economists and econometric models up and down the, all, all over the globe. So you have, you know, July 2007 when it really started to get serious, but it really, 2007 into 2008, the U.S. is already in recession. Europe is into recession. Asia's begins slowing down. We're not saying that oil prices and the oil shock in 2007 and 2008 caused the Great Recession. We know that's not the case, but whatever... Whatever chance we had of avoiding a recession was simply stamped out, completely obliterated by the oil price surge that just made the bad situation so much worse than it had than it would have been otherwise. And so when you get to the summer of 2008, even before Lehman Brothers and AIG, the US economy, the European economy, the global economy is really falling off a cliff, which is why oil prices started to come back down again because demand was destroyed by the banking crisis, by the credit crunch, by the recession, and by high oil prices that contributed to it as well. The next oil price spike on our, using our criteria here, that's a, again, six months change greater than 30%, that happened in early 2009, which you wouldn't consider an oil spike so much as we're just coming up off the bottom. That's the re initial recovery period, not quite a recovery, but a recovery period. And so the next real oil price surge, real oil price spike, that shows up late in 2010, but really in the first part of 2011, February, March, and April. And again, it's the same thing. Policymakers and economists look at that oil price surge and they say, that's gonna be inflationary. The ECB starts raising rates. While the Fed is doing QE2, maybe the Fed was a little bit ahead of the ECB in that, in that respect. But regardless, even the Fed was worried about, hey, this is going to be inflationary too. And so early 2011, we're looking at oil prices surging. At the same time, we've got questionable recoveries. Remember, the whole reason the Fed did QE2 was because they realized the recovery after the initial, the initial recovery after the Great Recession wasn't going as everyone had hoped, wasn't going the way it was supposed to. And along comes oil prices that once again, in a questionable environment, push several economies over the edge. They push the US economy to the edge. Remember the first quarter of 2011, GDP was negative and pretty substantially negative. And there was close to a recession in 2011, as well as 2012, when the second part of this oil price surge showed up. We had massive volatility where oil prices went up. Then they came back down, then they went back up again, then they came back down. And the economy in Europe, they Europe did fall into recession. The U.S. was near recession. China took a massive hit from 2011 and in, in 2012, and it never recovered. Now, again, we're not saying that oil prices are responsible for the economic weakness and recession, but it's not, it's not an accident that those recessions developed. It's, oil prices contributed 
to demand destruction at a very weak moment, a very inopportune moment for the global economy. It's just, it's one straw too many. It pushes the economy over the edge into recession. It's the economy killer. It's the one that finishes it off. The next time we see oil prices go up, that's the summer of 2016. Like 2009, that's coming back from a very severe decline in oil prices, a very severe decline in the overall global economy, what we call Euro dollar number three, that really hammered uh, emerging markets in China, which is why oil prices were down to begin with, not some oil glut that everyone talked about. So the next oil price spike was a smaller one, but still, again, the timing. That showed up late in 2017 and early 2018, just as the economy went from globally synchronized growth to globally synchronized, hey, what the hell just happened? Because remember 2018 was supposed to be, again, an inflationary surge, tight labor markets, uh, low unemployment rate, labor shortage, all that stuff, and oil prices are rising pretty precipitously too. So policymakers, once again, thinking they need to continue to raise rates because we got tight labor markets. Oil's not going to help. Inflation's going to be a big problem in 2018 and 2019. And as we know, inflation wasn't a big problem in 2018 nor 2019. Instead, questionable economy, deflationary monetary conditions at the same time. But eventually, all of these combine. Oil prices take things too far. The economy killer, demand destruction. In 2019, a lot of economies were in recession, probably the U.S. too, though we'll never know for sure. A couple, a couple of governments, like Japan's, even declared a recession in 2019. So we know, once again, oil price surge did not lead to inflation in 2019. There was a recession in, in, instead. It didn't cause the recession, but it certainly contributed to it. The next oil price spike, that was in 2020, again, off of a very, very, very low bottom for obvious reasons. And then 2021, when Uncle Sam came in and really pushed, uh, not just Uncle Sam, but governments around the world, including Uncle Sam, pushed demand higher. Now, this one didn't lead to demand destruction, but only because that was the early stage of reopening. We had more reopening than we had hindrance from oil prices. And oil prices were still coming up off, the, off their lows, too which means that the next oil price spike didn't show up until 2022. And those are the two big ones, the two most recent big ones up until recently. And rather than the oil price surge in 2022 lead to inflation, as many were expecting, great inflation too, here it comes, we saw instead disinflation in consumer prices, especially producer prices, ever since those surges. We've seen the demand restriction. Europe falls into recession. China wasn't really about lockdowns, as we see from reopening in China. Massive amounts of problems, in part caused by the surge in oil prices. It wasn't inflationary. It was disinflationary at the least. And now we come to 2023, the latest oil price surge, which... Again, we have better than 30% increase in a six-month period. And now we're getting all sorts of warning signs about demand destruction. The economy killer is back to kill off the questionable circumstances that we find ourselves in right now. And it begins with gasoline, driving, oil prices, the direct effect from oil through gasoline, not necessarily on CPIs, but in the way we drive. We got some government statistics from the Energy Information, Energy Information Administration, the EIA, that's the U.S. Department of Energy, 
the weekly report on gasoline use, supplies, inventories, petroleum use, uh, production, inventories, all that good stuff. Except this week, which is the final week of September, none of it is good. It's really ugly here. And I've mentioned before how the statistics show that gasoline usage driving, whether for people just driving around, people driving to work, maybe they don't have to drive as much, businesses delivering items, delivering whatever it is businesses are doing throughout the economy, the economy is using a lot less oil and it has been throughout the summer as oil prices and gasoline prices are surging. Economy is using much, much less gasoline. Therefore, it's, it's leading to, it's, it's suggesting and indicating a, a pretty substantial degree of demand destruction here. The number for the last week in September, this latest figure the government just put out though, is a next level sort of demand destruction indication. Gasoline supplied, final week in September, just 8.01 million barrels per day. That's in the middle of September. That's, that's more like a winter number, a dead of winter number. That's well, that's one of the weakest, that's the weakest week since the last winter and uh, last winter and really the early part of it coming out of the blizzards in December and whatnot. 8.01 million, million barrels per day is exceptionally low, but it's not just this one week. Look at the four-week average. The four-week average is down to 8.34 million barrels per day. So that's September. September at 8.3 million barrels per day. That's a winter number. That's something that's even worse than we saw as an average of September of 2022, when oil prices and gasoline prices were higher then. We had 8.78 million barrels per day in September 2022. And to give you a sense of how weak those are, in September of 2021, the average was 9.42 million barrels per day. So we're way underneath that number. We're less than, September of 2023 is even less than September of 2020. In September 2020, there was 8.48 million barrels per day on average used in the economy. This is gasoline. We're worse than September 2020. And just to finish this off, Let's go back to September 2019 and September 2018. Both of those were pretty similar at 9.31 million barrels per day in both of those. And again, we're at 8.34 million barrels per day. That's a substantial, substantial downgrade from what should be a robust period. We're supposed to be in an economy that's resilient and strong. Instead, it looks a hell of a lot like Again, a questionable economy being forced too far by oil prices and gasoline price. Another shock, an economy killer. Gasoline inventories are suggesting the same thing. Uh, gasoline inventories, according to the government, have surged. They've jumped over the last several weeks because we're not using as much gasoline. Again, there's a seasonality here. And the storage numbers that, that have come out over the last several weeks uh, suggest contra-seasonality where we're st we went from really low levels of gasoline in the United States to suddenly about the middle of the range of the seasonal range of where we should be. And it's a very quick transformation and a quick, very quick, uh, quick, quick move from one to the other because of how little, uh, suddenly how little uh, gasoline's being used. Demand destruction. Here it is in, in gasoline inventories. In the latest week, the final week of September, gasoline inventories increased by six and a half million barrels after rising by one million barrels the week before. So seven and a half million barrels in the second half of September. Huge increase that just, that, that goes to show that there is an effect, direct effect on demand, at least for gasoline, 
uh, from the oil price gasoline price surge. But it isn't just energy and it's not going to be just energy. And that's the point we're really trying to make here is that when we see these oil surges and demand destruction, it's not just about, oh, we drive less. We also can, we also are able to spend less, which is something we talked about just yesterday with the Investor's Business Daily, their, their um, consumer confidence number, especially the outlook number, all of those plummeting. A majority of Americans say that we're in recession already and a vast majority, nearly 90% or 85% say they think we're going to be in a recession if we aren't already. And if even if we weren't in one already, the oil price surge is going to make sure that we get there. So again, we have all of these indications suggesting not inflation from oil. We're seeing demand destruction in gasoline use in the United States. We're seeing economies roll over at the same time that oil prices are surging. Not that oil prices have created the recession, but it's questionable. If there is a question about recession, oil prices are going to answer that question because they are repeatedly the economy killer. If you want to see another video about copper to gold specifically, check out the one that's linked below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University members, Eurodollar University subscribers. We see some members, members right next to me. And until next time, take care.